Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 58 where we'll talk about what to expect from a coach and how to go about starting working with a coach and what the coach should expect from you. Before we get into this important topic, big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. It's getting to that time of year when most of us, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we're getting into some serious base training and moving indoors and starting to do some serious workouts on the bike trainer, maybe even on the treadmill, depending on where you live and what sort of equipment setup you have. And to put it bluntly, you might be sweating buckets. And if you are a very salty sweater, that might actually limit your performance in workouts, at least in those long and hard workouts. So to counteract that, if you are somebody who might be in the risk zone, make sure that you go to precisionhydration.com, take their free online sweat test. It uh, says basically free hydration plan on the menu bar, and that is an online quiz that will help you figure out whether you're a very salty sweater and will give you recommendations for training and racing, a bit depending on what your sweat level is and sweat sodium content level is. You can try your first box or tube of precision hydration electrolytes for free with the promo code DATTRAFFLONSHOW, all one word, all caps. And a big thanks to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka is uh, making massive moves in the eyewear segment with not just performance eyewear for sports and adventure, but also now starting to do prescription glasses, or they have done so for quite some time, even uh, blue light blocking glasses and uh, just casual uh, sunglasses for, for everyday streetwear. So they have a lot of things going on in the eyewear sector, but all of these products have one thing in common. Uh, they share the same commitment to excellent product quality and really redefining the standard in any product line that, that Roka enters. So if you're interested in eyewear of any kind, go to roka.com and you can get 20% off your entire order with the promo code TTS, all caps. So today's Q&A only has one question because it's a, a very important question. So I want to take my time with it both in terms of preparation and in answering it on the podcast. And this one is from Kate in the United Kingdom who writes, what do you think athletes should expect from a coach? It's the time of year when people are selecting coaches and I hear varying levels of success and commitment uh, and expectation between athletes and the coaches. What do you think are the foundations of the relationship and what should each party bring to the table? All right. Thank you so much, Kate, for your great question. I can't quite believe that I haven't answered it yet, uh, given that scientific triathlon is a coaching business after all. But uh, I think that to start off, the most important thing is that there is an alignment between what you expect as an athlete, what the coach promises to deliver and what they actually deliver. The thing is that for coaches, there are many different models of working. You could call it different coaching models, also different business models, of course. And it's not that one is right and the others are wrong. Uh, it's just that there are differences and you need to be clear on what you want from a coach and then make sure that you sign up with a coach that, that offers that. So some co coaches offer highly individualized, uh, intimate services and a very strong coach-athlete relationship with constant communication. 
they may have a set limit or of 20 or 15 or 10 or even five athletes at, and they work with no more than that a given number at any time to make sure that they can offer that individualization and uh, have that strong communication and coach-athlete relationship. Some might offer a service that has less communication and feedback and monitoring and the plan plan might be somewhat individualized but maybe it's based on a template and tweaked rather than a plan from scratch and this approach of course allows for coaching many many more athletes and you can have great success as an athlete on various points uh, on various different points on that spectrum but at the end of the day it, it's important that you understand what you are signing up for and that you know what you want when you sign up for a coach also, you should understand at this point that usually you, you get what you pay for. Uh, so if a coach coaches 10 athletes, then they will obviously have to charge a significantly higher price uh, compared with somebody who coaches 50 athletes. Now, hopefully, if you are paying that uh, premium price for a coaching service, then you also are you're getting a premium service that matches what you pay. And uh, that uh, it is possible to offer for that coach who is coaching fewer athletes uh, compared to the coach that coaches 50 athletes and obviously cannot in any way offer that premium service with that number of athletes. Of course, at any point of the price spectrum, you can find a good and uh, or better and worse value for money propositions. Uh, and uh, this is actually, if I can make a small plug, our goal at Scientific Triathlon is uh, definitely that uh, the coaching services that we offer should be fantastic value for money propositions. Uh, our coaching services uh, prices are up on the web website. They always have been and always will be. It's very transparent. It is 250 euros per month, at least by the time of this recording. Uh, but we want to offer just as good a level of service as coaches charging 500 or more per month. Uh, but uh, vice versa, you could sign up for an, a really expensive coach and realize that uh, they do just about the bare minimum. Uh, so, so there are, of course, you need to do your due diligence to make sure that you, you get a good value for money deal wherever you are on that spectrum. But on average, you will usually get what you, what you pay for. Uh, so. It is on you as an athlete to define what you are looking for in a coach and then find the coaching candidates that match your list of requirements, uh, talk with these candidates and confirm that they can live up to those expectations that you have and that they are a good fit for you and then make a decision whether that coach will be the one that you keep working with. You need to be realistic here. You can't, as I said already or alluded to, expect a coach that is uh, working full-time with coaching only 10 athletes or less, you, you can't expect them to cost 150 euros or dollars or whatever. It's just uh, impossible to live on that. Uh, you, of course, also need to take into account that coaches have coaching expenses and taxes and other stuff uh, to take care of. So it's not just the number of athletes times the uh, what you pay them that is their income and their what they have to live on. Uh, but to help you define what you are looking for, I think that there are a few key areas that you should consider, a few key variables. And uh, the first one is the level of communication that you're getting. So you need to, to understand what you want here. Do you want to be able to email or text a coach with questions and or feedback and get a resp response in, in a certain acceptable time window? Uh, how often do you want to talk with the coach on the phone or face-to-face -face or through a video meeting platform, etc.? There are various levels of this communication depending on uh, 
what yeah what the coaches want to offer for services some are more restrictive in communication and some are uh, offering basically unlimited communication so uh, you need to figure out what you want and uh, figure out how how much that is worth to you and how how big importance that is to you and then find coaches that can offer that level of communication the next variable here number two is the level of personal attention and individualization so for example does the coach look at every single workout that you do and see how they went do they let you know if you did something that you maybe shouldn't have done like go too fast in a hard in an easy workout or too easy in a hard workout uh, or do they ask you if there's something that they need more information on to understand how the workout went so they can take that into account when they're planning your next training block or is it more a case of you're not really the coach isn't really monitoring and offering follow-up in the plan but uh, they might uh, check in on you when the block is about to end and they're about to do the next training block uh, so uh, so this, these are different ways of working and of course uh, different levels of personal attention and in, in individualization require different amounts of time uh, which uh, so this plays right into how many athletes uh, the the coach is coaching because uh, with a, num a certain number of athletes you can do uh, pay a lot of personal attention to somebody and individualize completely but uh, once you pass a certain number it becomes uh, pretty much impossible even as a full-time uh, job some other things here to consider is uh, does the coach have your long-term development in mind and plan uh, have a plan for your your macro cycles which is a cycle that is a year or even longer rather than just uh, uh, meso and micro cycles uh, so that's something to consider do they actually take the time to before the season starts for example or when you start working with them sit down and think about what they will have you do uh, throughout the, the coming training year and as i mentioned this is on my list so i'm going to mention it again although i already mentioned it but how many athletes do the, does the coach have i think that for full-time coaches even even if you're a full-time coach having more than 20 athletes would make it very difficult to really immerse yourself in each athlete I'm sure there are exceptions. I'm sure there are some coaches that can manage a bit more than that. But in general, and this is based on talking with a lot of coaches, I think that 20 is, uh, is right around the cap of what is, what is possible. And that's uh, what I found myself as well. Uh, in the past, 20 has been my maximum. And now I'm actually coaching significantly less athletes than that. Uh, so the next point here is uh, to consider whether you're getting or signing up for a coach that is offering you a training plan or a performance plan so is the coaching relationship mostly going to be about the coach preparing and adjusting the training that you will do to get you to, the, to your goal races or will they also actively take part in your overall performance planning and that means it includes things like helping you plan your races, helping you with technique. So, for example, review swim videos that you send in, help you with psychology and mental training, help you with nutrition and nutrition planning, refer you to experts in areas that they feel you need help. For example, refer you to go see a bike fitter or a physiotherapist, etc., and uh, and actually i think that's quite an important thing here and that i really want to do with my athletes uh, if there are different various options let's say they live in a bigger city and there are uh, plenty of different physiotherapists and bike fitters uh, i ideally like my athletes to send me and if they are telling me that i plan to go see a bike fitter we actually talk about the different options that they have before and i can review it maybe ask some of my network if i know people in that area to see who might be the best option to go to and uh, actually help 
completely to make sure that when we're referring to somebody else, somebody in the athlete's team, so to say, that we're bringing on the best people possible onto that team. So so the, a coach that really is a part of your performance plan takes plenty of other things into consideration uh, rather than just uh, the training and the training plan itself. The fourth variable here is uh, the likelihood of success. And this is simply, does the coach have a track record of results that are relevant to your personal context? So with that, I mean a coach that has been, had great success with professional athletes that isn't necessarily a guarantee for success with age groupers and vice versa. That being said, I would feel pretty confident if the coach also <laughs> fulfills the other criteria and uh, they pay a lot of personal attention and they are all about individualization and communication. If they have had success with uh, with the demographics that are different than yours, I'm very confident that they will have uh, success with you as well because those variables, communication and personal attention and individualization, I would say that they they are the backbone of everything when it comes to your likelihood of success. But but it doesn't hurt if they have had a lot of success with athletes that are in similar positions to you. Of course, you can't make that similar position, quote unquote, too narrow because that's impossible. Nobody's going to fulfill that. But simply narrowing it down to, I'm an age grouper, I t- train eight hours per week. If the coach only works with age groupers that are le- really high level and train 15 to 25 hours per week, maybe that's uh, something to, it's not necessarily a, I'm not saying that at that point you should turn the coach away, but it's definitely something to consider. And another candidate that you have who might have more uh, experience and be more used to working with athletes in your sort of training volume range might have the edge there, at least on this particular variable. Uh, In addition to uh, success and, well, the track record of success of results uh, for this variable, I think that just proven credibility and knowledge are important and... uh, this is where you might want to actually talk with a few people, get some uh, references and, and talk with them and see uh, and get a feel for, for whether the coach really is, uh, is knowledgeable and, uh, and credible and will do what they say they will do. And then finally, the fifth variable here is the cost. Obviously, that will have a, a big impact on your decision. If you're on a tighter budget, then you will have uh, that strict upper limit, but uh, you might have to loosen your requirements in some other areas instead but it's still possible to find a great coach and get into a good coach athlete relationship Uh, it will however require some effort on your part to to do some research Uh, now on the flip side some things that uh, we often get questions about at scientific triathlon when uh, athletes are interested in signing up for coaching that i do not think are relevant and that should not really be part of your decision process or if they are then it should be a very small part Uh, some examples of that include what sort of training, quote-unquote, model do you follow? And with that, I mean that you may have a preconceived notion or uh, about whether your coach is a follower of, for example, things like polarized training, sweet spot training, or mathtone training, or Lydiard training, or whatever it may be. The reason that this is not at all relevant is that pigeonholing athletes into a predefined training pattern or model is a bias and a constraint that may limit the improvements of the athlete. Simple as that. Uh, different athletes have had success on such a number of varied approaches that the only thing that makes sense to do, in my opinion, as a coach, is to take an individualized approach to training and be open-minded that some athletes will respond well to different types of training than others. So if you hear a coach say that they always prescribe a specific training model, then I'd personally take that as a sign to look for alternatives. Uh, Another thing that we 
are asked a lot about is what platforms or and technology solutions are you using and uh, here it's important to remember that in the old days and still to this day in many training environments coaches tell told or tell athletes face to face what training they should do right there and then when the workout is starting and this method is just as good today as it was then so whether your coach uses training peaks or today's plan or excel spreadsheets or smoke signals to communicate your training to you really doesn't matter much it's actually doing the training that will make you fitter so as long as you're both clear on how it's communicated that's all that matters likewise i don't think it matters what additional tools or software that the coach uses that question is in my opinion a subset of uh, two variables that we talked about before the performance planning and the likelihood of success uh, variables but here's the thing just because somebody uses all the tools in the world and uh, i use a lot of tools but that doesn't mean that it's uh, the one and only way to do performance planning or to uh, to get the best likelihood of success uh, different approaches work for different coaches uh, so uh, the, what i'm saying here is that those tools are a means to an end and what matters to you is the end goal not the means to that end goal so you should be more concerned about actually whether the coach is concerned about the entire picture of your performance and whether they have a track record of results rather than exactly how they achieve those results of course there are some things that you should be concerned about like uh, achieving results through doping and things like that that's obviously a reason to to run away and uh, and go and find the number to to Vada's hotline, but uh, but I think that most people understand that, so that's uh, not really something that that we need to go into more detail on for this discussion. But uh, to give you an example, look at Daniela Rief. She's a five five time seventy point three world champion and four time Ironman world champion, arguably the greatest triathlete of all time. I say that she is because she has been active in a time when the level of competitiveness among the female in female triathlon has been greater than ever, greater than people athletes like Chrissy Wellington as much as I really admire Chrissy and others before her. But but I think Daniela Rief is the best. Uh, but her coach brett sutton he most definitely does not use a whole bunch of tools i'm pretty sure the only thing things that he uses is, is uh, email phone and the uh, text messages and and face-to-face coaching of course uh, so uh, it just goes to show you that uh, there are different ways to reach success and uh, you shouldn't put too much attention pay too much attention to that you should put attention to whether the coach is actually going to help you achieve results and like I said, different coaches have different approaches when it comes to getting results. And then finally, just other minor details. It's very common to see questions like, do you work with running power meters? Do you prescribe fasted workouts? Do you use training peak structured workouts? Do you use a three to one, uh, three weeks on, one week off schedule or a 10 week micro cycle or, and so on. These are all things again that are means to an end and if your end goal is to perform in your goal races you should not let things like this constrain you when it comes to selecting a coach it's very unlikely that you have any evidence that minor details like these will help you perform better but if you do uh, you should communicate that to your coach and even uh, if you have an inkling that they might definitely communicate that to the coach uh, so that they can uh, take that into consideration but let your coach be that objective person with a view from the outside and together you will figure out what the best approach for you is and don't go into the relationship thinking that you already have all the answers just like the coach shouldn't think they have all the answers 
for example, by pigeonholing you and say, we'll do linear training and it will just work. And uh, and then that's that's it. If it doesn't work, then they don't change the approach. So what you need to do before you sign up with a coach is to obviously have a conversation with them. Nobody should ever just read about somebody's coaching service and go and sign up for it. For your own sake and your new coach's sake, you should have that conversation when you ask questions to figure out if the coach's methods and your expectations are aligned. And again, if they aren't aligned, it doesn't mean that it's a bad way of coaching or doing things. It just means that you need to keep looking to find somebody whose methods are aligned with your expectations. So I'll give you a short list of questions to ask or things to discuss around when you have that conversation. And this might be a good time to actually bring out that uh, pen and notepad and write these things down. So I have four categories of questions. And the first one is communication. And the simple question here is how and when do we communicate? And you will ask about limits if there are any and so on. But that's how you start the conversation. The next category is the coaching process and the individualization process. So I have three questions listed here. Is the program completely individualized and adapted to me and my needs? Do you monitor my training, look at my workouts and give feedback when needed? And is my feedback and my training progress taken into account when you plan my training? And next we have goal and performance. The first question here is, what's your track record with achieving the goals of your athletes and helping them improve? And the second one is, how do you help them improve? What's, what is the performance plan and what aspects of performance other than training will we consider? And then finally, some miscellaneous questions that are still very important. And these are, how many athletes are you working with at most and currently? What kinds of athletes are you working with and what's your experience with my profile? But as I said, don't overemphasize the importance of this question. If the coach is great at taking a personal and individual approach, they will be able to work with you even if they don't have a lot of experience with your specific profile. I can always guarantee that. Uh, third, what kind of uh, athlete or client turnover do you have? And finally, what sort of injury record do you have with your athletes? That's important to consider. So... To sum up here, your, the first part of your question was, what do you think athletes should expect from a coach? And the, the answer, as I said, is you choose, but you need to make the decision for you on the following five levels or variables. One, communication. Two, personal attention and indi individualization. Three, uh, the training plan slash performance plan spectrum. Four, likelihood of success. And five, cost. And then you asked in your question as well, the second part was, what do you think are the foundations of the relationship and what should each party bring to the table? So the most important thing here is clear expectations and great communication. With regard to the expectations, you should know what to expect from the coach and they should tell you what they expect from you. So for example, I expect my athletes to, to always give me feedback on every workout. And uh, in terms of communication, if there's no communication, then it's not a good coaching relationship. It's uh, uh, that guy or gal gives me a training plan kind of relationship, which might be fine and it might it could definitely help you improve. I'm not at all bashing that, but uh, but you need to be aware that communication is a very 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 important part of coaching. If coaching really is what you're looking for. And you might be looking for that. You might be looking for more of an individual or customized training plan. And that's totally fine. And uh, that can often save you a lot of money. But uh, but if you are looking for a coach, you need to understand what the... Uh, and 
be clear about what the com- level of communication is going to be and uh, and you need to both follow up on that agreement. In terms of what both parties should bring to the table, I think we already talked a lot about what the coach should bring to the table and uh, it does depend on their method and business model. So you need to select the coach based on what they offer. But as for what you as an athlete should bring to the table, I think you should realize that there's no get fit quick shortcut and great coaches take a long-term approach. So you should not expect to be a world beater after one month of coaching. You should go in with the mindset that it's a long-term relationship. Of course, of course, you should have the option of opting out if things really aren't working, like your coach isn't communicating with you or clearly just pushing a template program on you. But if that's not the case, then you should help the coach figure out how to best help you rather than wait for them to wave a magic wand that doesn't exist and make you fast overnight. The second thing is that uh, you should communicate just as well with your coach as you expect your coach to communicate with you. So tell them well in advance of if you have trips or events coming up, tell them if you suddenly experience a stressful period or poor sleep, tell them if due to changes at work, you suddenly have to get up at 3.30 in the morning to get in the workouts that were originally planned for a different type of daily schedule, uh, because obviously that's not going to be sustainable and the coach needs to uh, to help you change that schedule uh, so you don't have to go get up at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, the final thing here is that you should realize that at the end of the day, you are responsible for your success and not your coach. A coach is your guide, but they won't do the heavy lifting for you. You still have to do the hard work, but you also have to do a lot of thinking of your own. So if you slept for two hours due to young children keeping you up, you need to be smart enough to decide that you're not going to train that day. And you need to be the one that realizes that the more you put into the relationship, the more you will get out of it. And this goes both for having that long-term mindset that I talked about, but also it goes for making the effort to be a really good communicator. Because the more you can communicate with your coach, the more they'll get to know you, the more they'll get to understand you, and the better they can coach you. You also need to be responsible for asking questions and bringing up topics that you think are relevant for you and your goals and your performance plan, That you, simply things that you think might help you achieve success. So your coach may not have realized that you haven't ever had a bike fit and they may, might have taken it for granted. Uh, so if you are taking the initiative and send them pictures of you on the bike and ask, hey, coach, what do you think of this position? That will prompt them to say, hmm, you should probably have a bike fit. And finally, wrapping it up here with the previous point that you should communicate well with them. And this point, you should uh, realize that your success is responsible for your own success. You need to realize that uh, if you are not communicating well with them, uh, you are not taking responsibility for your own success because you are not giving your coach the chance to do their best job with you. So I hope that that answers your question, Kate. It was a very timely topic as I've actually gone through the process myself of getting a coach recently, which I'm super excited about. I'm getting started in November. And also I've helped a relative find a really good coach uh, for them. So I sent a lot of questions to coaches on my relative's behalf to give them a short list of candidates that I thought would all be excellent options. So uh, there you go. This is uh, this was a lot about how to get a coach, what to expect from a coach, and what they should expect from you. Big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and get a free hydration plan and try your first box or tube of electrolytes for free with the promo code THAT'S TRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps. 
And big thanks to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear, and get 20% off your entire order with the promo code TTS, all caps. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.